Hello, everyone. Uh, this is Luke John Louis, the host of the Deep Voice Man Show. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, we have a treat in store for you guys. Uh, our guest is Jess Tiffany, and he is a LinkedIn coach, influencer, keynote speaker, author, a business growth strategist, and lead generation expert. Uh, he is the founder and CEO of MMU Digital, and which is a marketing agency, and he is the founder of Stars Press, uh, which uh, where they turn mere mortals into online superstars. And uh, so uh, Jeff has grown a personal brand, published 200-plus books on Amazon uh, with 30K books sold, and has appeared on many podcasts, and uh, he hosts a podcast himself called Rev It Up, which uh, that's a great title, by the way. <laughs> so, um, thank you so much, Jess, for coming on the show. I uh, really appreciate. It. I know you're a busy man, so you're able to carve out some time in a packed schedule to sit down and have a chat with us. So we are very fortunate that we have you as a guest. I guess uh, to start off, can you tell us about your background and how you first gravitated towards doing what you do today? Yeah. Well, I got my. Uh kind of back in the day, I got my first taste of success when I was about 10 or 12, and I talked the uh, pastor's wife into letting me carry around a pink little bag that said Avon on it. And I just <laughs> smile at older older ladies, and they'd give me money. And uh, so ever since then, I kind of got a taste for, uh, uh, you know, uh, selling, marketing, uh, eventually into sales, marketing, and then coaching and consulting over time. So that's kind of how I got my, my little start and uh, kind of progressed from there. Wow, that's wonderful and amazing. So you sort of knew from the time you were young, 10 or 12, that sales was probably what you were uh, wanting to do. Uh, And I wish it was like that for me. Uh, When I was young, I could have said, I'm going to host a podcast, but podcasts didn't exist at that time. So maybe uh, (laughs) it would have been tougher. So that's amazing. Uh, and that's incredible. You, I guess you had that charm ever since you were uh, young, and that's that's uh, great to hear. Uh, I'm curious. Um, obviously, you've been doing this for a while now, for several years, and we all got hit in the face with uh, Sucker Punch. You, you know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about, the pandemic, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm curious, <laughs> how would you uh, describe the current state of affairs when it comes to business and entrepreneurialism, and what challenges, if any, has the pandemic posed? Yeah, no problem. Well, right now, you know, it's an interesting time of change for a lot of people. Um, You know, those that weren't online now have to pivot to to find new channels to get the word out. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of them had to, you know, reinvent their businesses completely to overcome the obstacles um, by the shutdowns. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really an interesting time. Uh, Businesses, you know, that rely on um, in-person activities, they really suffered the most, like, you know, your restaurants and mm-hmm. uh, shopping, things like that. Um, but um, but those, there were some highlights, though. I've, there were, um, you know, some uh, restaurants that used QR codes and, mm-hmm. and different methods, you know, curbside came into being and picking up, you know, more people just stopping by um, Best Buy and they run out. To, I did that the other day. They ran out a computer mm-hmm. and threw my trunk and off we went. Um mm-hmm. So there's, you know, kind of a big shift in that way. But those that, those people that are able to make that change, I see a shift in wealth going to those people. Mm. Sadly, on the other side, you know, those who cannot or will not be able to change, 
um, I think there will be some that suffer and go out of business uh, because of that, unfortunately. Wow. That's amazing. And uh, it's interesting. Be a, they say life is 10% what happens to you in 90%. Um, and I believe that to be totally true. Uh, we see that in the business world right now. You're talking about how some businesses were willing to make that change. You talked about the restaurants with the QR code and whatnot. And they obviously have to pivot and <laughs> adapt. Yeah. To the to the change, and some and some unfortunately weren't able or weren't willing to do that. Um, and obviously, you help firms to do that, I'm sure. Um, yep. And uh, it's interesting. Uh, now, obviously, um, you know when they say life gives you lemon, you make lemonade, and so you you <laughs> got to work with the circumstances. Because if anything is uh, if anything you can rely on for sure is that things will change, and and uh, that's something you got to be able to adapt to when change happens. I'm, I'm curious. Now, obviously, in the future, the pandemic will go away uh, for the most part, hopefully sooner rather than later with the ramped up you know, distribution of vaccines. Where do you see things going in the future? Where do you see yourself in that future? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, in, in the future, um, I see that, you know, the many businesses um, will be changing and rethinking business as usual. Mm-hmm. and figure out new ways to allow their products to get out, whether it's, you know, augmented reality, virtual reality experiences. Um, I think they'll become more and more. Um, I'm involved with um, uh, some new businesses that will revolutionize some of the uh, recruiting industry and things like that It's uh, a uh, co-founder. And, um, and it's about changing the experience about how we do things going forward. Um, mm-hmm. But like you said, there will be, you know, events that go on, uh, restaurants will have everybody come back, you know, because we are mm-hmm. human. We need that mm-hmm. inter- interaction, you know. Right. Um, and you asked about myself. Um, I, You know, I guess I see myself getting back into speaking to larger crowds again. Um, mm-hmm. But I do find it uh, uh, kind of nice being able to do, you know, more virtual conferences. So I think we'll mm-hmm. still do a lot of, uh, you know, virtual conferences, um, um, you know, we kind of discovered through the pandemic that we that um, that more people are wanting to um, be coached. They want to have, mm. uh, um, you know, help making that those changes into the d- digital world because the awareness of that need is is apparent mm. now. Mm. And so, in my type of business with the digital marketing and the uh, creating online superstars, it's magnified the need for that particular. Uh, market so it's it, for for my company it's going to be a kind of a boom period i'm assuming wonderful and that's amazing and it's clear that you're on the cutting edge um in terms of helping businesses and seeing where things are going which is where you want to be uh when it comes to business you don't want to end up like kodak or uh, <laughs> blockbuster so you, you got to stay abreast of what's going on and clearly you're doing that and it's interesting now we are social animals, like you, you had mentioned, and there is a need for people to be together, and hopefully that comes sooner uh, rather than later. And I've been told that there's going to be an, ex- an entrepreneurial explosion, so I think business coaches like yourself uh, yeah. and whatnot, are, you're definitely ready, uh, I think, position well for the trend. Front, You want to position yourself in front of the trend uh, or in front of the wave, as they say, and uh, I think uh, that is so pivotal and so key. And obviously, with things going virtual, that's helped to expand. Uh, if, if, there's any, if there's been any silver lining in all this, 
you know, obviously people have been networking, communicating digitally, virtually, and being able to expand their reach. Now, I was able to reach out to you on LinkedIn, um, and we haven't met, ever met face-to-face, but I think this is the kind of common thing, you know, you know, when it comes to networking and communicating with people. Uh, and I don't think that's ever going to go anywhere, of course. Um, no. I, I'm curious. Now, obviously, um, you mentioned business coaching, and I used to feel this way. I don't anymore. There are some people who kind of roll their eyes at this and say, well, you know, why, do I, uh, you know, why does anyone have to pay money for a coach to tell them or advise them on things? doesn't yeah. seem necessary. I mean, what would you say to those folks? Well, I would let them know I felt the same way for a long time, and I would just go out, you know, get free knowledge on, you know, on YouTube, and I'd read mm-hmm. books and mm-hmm. um, ask business friends for advice, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. But but mm-hmm. it, it always only, like, ever got me so far. And then – but what I found is every time I got stuck, um, now I, I, I realized that I needed a coach, and I went out and got a coach, and every time I've had a major breakthrough, mm-hmm. breakthrough because I had somebody there – uh, that could help me. And it, it kind of got down to, you know, uh, we all need accountability. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we also need advice specific to our business, not just general knowledge, because they kind of have a, you know, a helicopter view. They can see the big picture looking mm. down at what we're doing, whereas we only can see what's in front of us. And mm. we can't see the roadblocks sometimes. And mm. that business coach basically can shed light and say, hey, if you, uh, you know, do this one little you know, tweak on your, mm. uh, on your, uh, ad messaging, you'll get a, you know, 300% increase in conversion rate, you know, or whatever oh. it is. And it's just those little tweaks here and there that all of a sudden, boom, now you can shoot like a rocket ship to the next level. And, uh, when I, when I finally realized that now, now I have a coach for joint ventures. I've got a coach for, uh, email, uh, making my email marketing even better. And mm. I have a coach, um, for my health. Um, wow. Because I, I realized that even being a coach, I need coaching to become a better coach. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's amazing. So you practice what you preach. You have a coach yourself um, yep. in these areas, and, and that's amazing. And, you know, I think everyone needs a coach. And I think even over time, the skeptics and the cynics, so I think <laughs> – they're, they're going to get with it soon. You know, a lot of people are skeptical about the internet, but everyone accepts it for what it is. And I think so too with the idea of coaching, because you, you mentioned accountability and, you know, no one can hold you accountable like a human being can, uh, you know, a book can't, a magazine article can't, a blog can't, social media post can't, um, mm-hmm. something about a living, breathing human being. And obviously they can offer a tailored customized solution. Uh, that a book can't, and they can give you that outsider perspective that you may be missing uh, if one is inside an organization, and they may, you know, they may be missing the forest for the trees because they're uh, they're just well entrenched in the organization. So the outsider view is so important. Um, so I think coaches definitely uh, make a difference for many firms, um, based on my research and what I've seen, um, and uh, and also for health, having perhaps a personal trainer and whatnot. Definitely hold you accountable because most people don't like going to the gym or exercising. So having, sure. having, yeah, <laughs> having a coach in that area is, uh, I think, very critical. Um, now, here's the thing. Uh, when it comes to business coaching and people working in B2B marketing and whatnot, there's so many of you guys because I, I reach out to you folks on LinkedIn and whatnot, and 
I'm thinking to myself, and, you know, I did research. It, t- it turns out the number of business coaches is perhaps going to double uh, between now and the, uh, the end of the year because so many people are going into business. So, hence, yeah. uh, business, the demand for business coaching is going to go up. It, you, me- you had mentioned this already. Uh, you see a bright future for yourself and yeah. what you provide. Um, I'm, I'm curious, uh, you know, with, and there's a low barrier to entry, of course, with coaching. Anyone could call themselves a coach. You don't have to do a degree or a license or pass a test. How do you stand out as a coach? What's your competitive advantage? I mean, what do you do better than maybe some other coaches? Absolutely. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. There are a ton of coaches out there, uh, no very skill levels and, and I'm actually growing a group of coaches myself right now. So, um, but my my I would say my competitive advantage is my ability to find kind of niche opportunities that lead to greater revenue uh, for my clients. Mm-hmm. It's kind of um, I, I just have a I guess a knack of you know figuring out how to create uh, you know new monetization um, um, ideas, how to um, connect with the customers to get them to buy more. Um, just little pieces like that, how to, you know, ask for upsell, cross-sell, downsells when mm. you're making offerings, things like that. Um, mm. But overall, I um, I have a lot of luck, I guess, uh, leveraging my best-selling book with LinkedIn marketing. Mm. And then I'm able to create a lot of B2B opportunities um, through uh, joint ventures and partnerships. Um, mm getting like, you know, a chiropractor to to work with a massage therapist and they both mm-hmm. end up getting more customers or wow. uh, taking, um, you know, a person like myself and offering my services through an email list by um, another marketer that doesn't do the same type of stuff I do. And, you know, maybe they have 10,000 people on their list and they send my course out to them. And now mm-hmm. I have you know, 200 new clients and then they, mm-hmm. they get a percentage of the profit. And so wow. they make more money. So it's it's a, it's kind of leveraging those partnerships, creating relationships, and driving value. Wow, that's amazing! So it's it's clear you help um, business owners in so many ways uh, with a book, social media, and whatnot. Um, so you offer a vast array a menu of things you can do to help a, a firm, which is amazing. And you, you mentioned before about the tweaks, a little tweak there can a big difference and yeah. uh, so I can see how you can turn a mere mortal into a, a super being <laughs> uh, totally get that <laughs> and uh, you mentioned the niche opportunities um, yeah I love that word niche because there's a saying that the riches are in the niches um, mm. uh, it sounds corny but so true <laughs> uh, about the riches being in the niches and you know and nothing wrong with luck, um, but I, oftentimes I think people need to realize they create their own luck. Um, so I like that word a lot. Um, <laughs> and so, and also strategic partnerships and collaborations are amazing. Um, I'm always trying to be a matchmaker and connect people because I know the magic happens when people are interconnected and whatnot, um, and they can complement each other's strengths. And, and you had mentioned with the massage therapist, for example. Um, I'm curious. Now, obviously, uh, you've helped a lot of folks, a lot of business owners and a lot of entrepreneurs in, in so many different ways. Can you um, tell us any of the most moving or uh, entertaining stories from your life or career? Sure. Well, one that kind of pops in my mind is it's kind of a silly one, but I 
um, you know, this is, this will date me. It was many years ago, but I was going door to door or farm to farm, I should say, um, back in North Dakota where I used to live selling agricultural product. Um, uh, I can't remember the fancy word for it, but basically it makes water wetter and it made your product go further. And so I was going door to door kind of selling that. And, um, I got to this lady and she was like, really had this bad attitude and just kind of, kind of scowled at me a little bit. And, mm. and, and then, uh, and she was kind of like, oh, I don't need that junk, you know, whatever. And then, uh, and then all of a sudden, she said, she smiled. And she looked at me and says, you know what? Mm. The neighbor down the, the hill on the left-hand side, they would love your product. <laughs> and I should have known something was up because she, all of a sudden she had just this total change of attitude. And so I drive down there to this new, this farm. It was, you know, a quarter mile or whatever down the road, gravel road. And I pull up and I get out of the car and there's this big giant, I want to say German shepherd comes running at me oh and, uh, and tried to attack me. And, and so anyway, I, I jumped in the car and I took off and stuff. But then I realized, uh, you know, you can't always uh, you kind of have to, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what the word is, but don't trust <laughs> when somebody is negative and all of a sudden they have this little like hint of like, Oh, I'm, I'm super helpful to you. Uh, it was kind of a life lesson that you got to be cautious about uh, uh, the little warning signs that uh, sometimes are indicated by bot, you know, body um, movements and whatnot. So. Wow. That's an amazing story. Kind of scary <laughs> and kind of weird and effed up. She did that to you. Um, Huh. It's funny now, but I wasn't too happy at the time. It's um, it's 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 interesting because obviously you know you have to be careful with trusting people. Because I'm a person who's born trusting everyone, and you I am get too. Those, right. <laughs> <laughs> you get those situations where you get burned, and you're like, wow, and it, it disturbs you and traumatizes you. But it it, it, it you <laughs> learn from it, and you understand yeah. to follow your intuition, follow your gut. Um, successful people talk about that following their intuition. Uh, it's, it's nothing magical about intuition. It's just intuition is one of those, it's like a sixth sense where you pick up all these little signs and then they create a clear picture, a warning. Um, you know, it's like a complex combination of this little thing here, that little thing there, and it's all producing a picture. So um, intuition, I think, is, is so important, following your gut of course, and thankfully um, the dog can model you. You're so alive. You're here to help us and to teach and inspire and the world, so that's great. Yeah. And I, and I uh, should I should say it, the, the dog, um, I don't think, it, I, I don't know how to say this appropriate. It was trying to uh, uh, make babies with the first person versus <laughs> versus bite so it was kind of a a weird a weird attempt uh the dog was trying to do so but i got out of there quickly it wasn't like uh i just want to make sure i didn't misrepresent the story that they was going to bite my leg off or anything it was it was it was trying to tackle me but for different purposes well my oh my god that may that may be even worse actually (laughs) it It makes the story even scarier Uh, oh oh my goodness wow well thankfully you got out of there yeah. Anyway, that's kind of a weird story, uh, but uh, it popped in my head. No worries. Uh, great, entertaining story. And I'm curious. Now, obviously, um, I had mentioned, and you had mentioned that we're all social animals, and um, you know, uh, ne- uh, you know, networking and communicating with each other is kind of how the magic happens, so to speak. And so many entrepreneurs understand that uh, they want to get to a point where they're mostly 
or uh, solely rely on referrals. And networking definitely helps with that. And obviously, not just for entrepreneurs, but job hunters, um, people looking for work who are unemployed or who may be employed but want to find a better job or realizing no job secure, so they still want to keep an ear to the job market. Um, so for them as well, uh, what networking advice do you have for folks? Yeah, great question. Um, so, you know, whether you meet people on LinkedIn or other social media platforms or you meet at a local, co- you know, coffee shop for networking, it all gets down to building quality relationships at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I, I always suggest people to go a little bit deeper, you know, talk about, you know, ask about their family, you know, what they do for fun, mm-hmm. uh, maybe what organizations they belong to. Um, and I, I always like to know kind of what they're like you know, their goals or their dreams are, you know, long-term. So you kind of, kind of encourage them towards those goals over time. Mm. Um, But when you, you know, when you go deeper, you really can find more areas to relate to those people, build trust. Mm. um, And that's how you really get the long-term repeat business. And then of course, when you do get referrals from those people, you treat those referrals like gold, like like they're your own personal friend. Um, and help them uh, the max amount you possibly can so that those same people feel good about sending more and more and more people to you. Mm. That's wonderful. That, thank you so much for that advice. And uh, it's all about you know, building quality relationships and going deeper, as you mentioned. And uh, what, I, what I like to do is let the other person talk 99% of the time. And uh, that allows me to build a good, deep, long-term, perhaps referral relationship. Two years, one mile, right? Yeah, that's exactly correct. And, you know, they also say when you talk, you can only say information that you know already. But when you listen, you can can learn something new. Um, Mm. So uh, definitely something to that. And usually when you're the one giving out the questions, you're actually the one controlling the conversation. The other person doesn't realize it. So, um, <laughs> uh, so um, a, a, actually, a quick bit of advice is that if you request advice from someone, it makes a person feel really special and lights up pleasure centers in their brain. So, um, just a neat little trick. Um, and I'm, I'm guessing you notice that, of course. Uh, I'm curious, um, what advice uh, would you give to someone who who thinks what you're doing is pretty nifty and essentially wants to do what, what Jess is doing and wants to get into that B2B field and, and, and into marketing and whatnot uh, and coaching as well, I suppose. Um, what would you tell them? Yeah, great. Um, yeah, if you want to do what I do well, um, you need to work hard. Um, you need to gain, you know, real-world experience, um, you know, tie into like-minded people, Um and I would say get a coach uh, that has experience to lead you to the next level. Um, mm. And then don't forget to develop a thick skin and go after it because uh, you will go through some stuff uh, on your way there and you'll get mm. some haters and all that fun stuff. Um, but, uh, but as you know, overnight success usually takes years of preparation. So um, don't expect to, uh, you know, yeah, sure, you might get on TikTok and, you know, get a million followers overnight. It could happen. It's, you know, not likely, but it could happen. Yeah. Um, but really what it gets down to is that day-to-day activity that's moving you closer and closer to your goal over time and really plugging into people and systems that allow you to learn how to uh, be a business coach. 
Wonderful. Um, thank you so much for that. Uh, I like how you said it takes years of preparation to be an overnight success. I think that's interesting. <laughs> Usually that's uh, the case. There's always exceptions. But. Yeah. Well, the exceptions are sort of like winning the lottery. You know, people do win the lottery, so I yep. guess it's they akin do. to that. But they it's play not YouTube likely. videos or something, or they play video games on YouTube and get 10 million hits. It's like, what? <laughs> I had to work hard for all my views. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's weird how that is. Um, you know, what do you know? But um, you talked about a lot about work, working hard and uh, gaining experience. And, uh, you know, you can't Google life experience. You have to go out and get it, so to speak. Yeah. And uh, so, and you talk about getting a coach to be a coach and you want to have one as well. Again, it goes back to practicing what you preach and whatnot. And you mentioned uh, having thick skin. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, they fear rejection and fear the nose, but they don't realize that the the no's lead to a yes and no's and yes are, are tied together. They're probably sides of the same coin, different sides of the same coin. Yeah. Way people need to look at um, yeah. Good people who sell insurance. Yeah. My uh, friend, uh, Joanne Wieland, uh, she owns link2expert.com, uh, but uh, she was talking yesterday at an event I was uh, working with, and uh, she said she literally wrote a hundred no's on a piece of paper and taped it next to her computer screen, and the game was to get to a hundred no's so she could get some yeses, and uh, it was her way of making it fun to get the no's. Um, wow. I, mean, I just thought that was a powerful uh little uh, game she came up with uh, to help people. Um, you know, for me, I had a little thing in my pocket uh, in my wallet and it said action cures fear. It came from a book and I don't remember which one, but um, every time I freak out, I just pull it out and start reading it. Action cures fear, action cures fear. And then I'd go put the action in. And of course the fear evaporated. Wow. So you just had a, it was just a quote that you would look at uh, my yeah. understanding action cures fear. And, you know, wow, that's amazing. Um, I think that may come from the magic of thinking big. I um, think you're right. That's a book I yeah. read Kevin's back in years yeah. ago. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a personal development book junkie. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> You'd um, like my library. It's got a lot of those. <laughs> oh, man, I, I might. Uh, I don't know. I might just make off of the whole shelf. I, who knows? But, um <laughs> Um, but, you know, now that we're on the subject of books, I'll, I'll throw in Go For No, which is really good. And there's a, uh, a TED Talk called 100 Days of Rejection. I think you would really enjoy that one. Um, this guy gives a TED Talk about how he went out and uh, deliberately got rejected by requesting things that were silly, like getting a burger refill which <laughs> at a restaurant. <laughs> you know, but he's deliberately trying, to, deliberately trying to get no's so he can get used to rejection and, and whatnot because he had feared it before. So, but it was weird was he made all these weird requests, but once in a while he actually got a yes. Funny yeah. thing about that. Yep. Um, I, kind of a silly thing is I used to, I probably should just do this, do this again, but I used to always smile when I was paying for something and I'd say, Oh, don't forget my, my nice guy discount. And then I'd smile. And I don't know how many times it worked where like I'd look at my bill and it's like a, I'd get a senior citizen discount or I'd get a employee <laughs> discount or I'd get, you know, just some random discount they'd throw on there for me. So um, I don't know why, but it worked. Wow. It's, it's, there's something to it. Um, you know, and it's interesting how a lot of the keys to success are 
they're actually well known and simple, but a lot of people don't practice them. I'm yeah. not sure why that is. Uh, like hard work, I mean, it's it's open to everyone, but not everyone does it. Why? I don't know. Maybe I mean they know that's what it takes, but they just won't. A lot of people just won't do it. Not yeah. really too sure on that. But uh, before we get too sidetracked, um, let me get back to this uh, questions here. Um, here's the thing: uh, when it, you gave advice for folks, great advice on people who, who are interested in doing what you do. Uh, what advice would you give to a firm who's looking for a coach or someone to help them out with marketing? Now they can go to you, which is, I think is a great decision, uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> but uh, let's say you're not available. Let's say you're on vacation. Let's say you can't handle every business and you're, you got your hands full. Um, how should a firm go about looking for the right coach and the right help? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, I always kind of recommend, um, you know, look for a, a coach with a temperament that you can stand. Um, you know, some coaches are uh, very brash and in your face, and if you can't handle that, it's not going to work very well for you. Um, but um, it, but sometimes you need that tough love. So if you're a person that can handle that, the tough love can oftentimes be the difference maker for, for your success. Um, you know, and also make sure that the coach has – you know, uh, access to resources and tools that can guide you to make sure you're moving in the right direction. And also, I always tell people, look at their LinkedIn profile, look at the recommendations, look for the social proof of some of the people they've helped before and and the level of satisfaction that uh, people have gotten from working with that coach. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much for that. And obviously, I guess people should shop around. It's like holding an audition or doing an interview. Yep for a coach um this is someone you have to like they have to have the right temperament for you and be the right fit because this is someone that you're going to share intimate details with about your business about numbers the money and all that and it's interesting you mentioned tough love and i think a lot of times coaches have to be honest and be upfront with the client because oftentimes um, entrepreneurs are surrounded by employees or yes men and yes women uh who don't want to piss them off because they don't want to lose their job, right? <laughs> so uh, exactly. yeah, that's sort of kind of a common situation. So a coach can come in and tell the truth and say the things to the face of an entrepreneur that is usually maybe said behind their back that they don't know about. And you mentioned how a coach should have the right tools, check out their profile, the social proof, what are the reviews, I guess go ahead and Google them and, and whatnot. And so yeah. – um, I would say that that's great advice. Um, and, and again, thank you for sharing it. And I'm curious, um, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this. Um, and um, I just wanted to throw this question in here. You know, most businesses, um, from my understanding, fail within the first couple of years, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I'm curious, what what advice in general would you just give to entrepreneurs, anyone who's thinking about being an entrepreneur? I mean, why is the failure rate high, and but how do we turn that around? Yeah, great question. You know, the, the, the thing is, most businesses fail for the same reasons. It's because they didn't do the basics in the beginning properly. They didn't set up things properly. Um, they didn't get the advice they needed properly. They just kind of said, I'm going to figure it out myself. And, um, yes, I understand a coach costs money. Um, and there are some free resources out there like SCORE, um, the, they're, uh, you know, gen- generally re- retired uh, business people. 
um, that you can get advice from. Um, you know, there's resources at your local library a lot of times. Um, and there's online courses you can take that might give you some help. Uh, but really, you know, you need those fundamentals. You need to try to make sure you, um, you know, are focused on the 20% of business that's bringing in revenue. Uh, mm-hmm. You focus on a lot of people want a beautiful website and they want, mm-hmm. you know, to look professional and, you know, mm. sometimes you have to be, you know, kind of forego that stuff a little bit to mm. do the things that actually make money, like selling a product or um, making friends with strategic partners in the beginning to leverage their network. Um, because if you can go to a guy that's got, say, even, you know, 2,000 quality engaged audience and, and partner with them with the revenue share and get your foot in the door without having to front tons of money, um, you can get a little bit of traction, which will give you leverage to seek out, you know, whether it's investors or seek out partners or whatever in the future. But that success breeds more success. And if you can focus on that 20% that gets you that initial money coming in, um, mm-hmm. it'll make a big difference for you. Wow, that was great advice. Um I guess it boils down to uh, doing your homework. Talk about the yeah. basics at the beginning, right? And doing the things that people may not really enjoy, like selling, because yeah. <laughs> yeah. they don't want to hear the no's. And networking, for people yeah. who are introverted, they may not want to do that or be jazzed about that. So you have to do a lot of that stuff. And working hard, like you mentioned before, many people don't, they kind of want it easy. They want to buy that lotto ticket and be an overnight <laughs> success and uh, without yeah. the work. So you sort of have to do a lot of that kind of stuff and put off putting off, you know, designing the fancy website. <laughs> you may want to delay <laughs> that, I suppose, which is the cool thing everyone wants to do in the beginning. So, again, thank you so much for that. And obviously coaches like yourself can help. Um, and the thing about coaching is some people may not want to pay for it, but it's sort of like an investment that has an ROI, has a good return on it. If you get a decent coach, I, yeah. I imagine, you know, they, yeah, they talk about, one. right. And, uh, so I'm, I'm curious, um, you've mentioned a lot of important life lessons already. Um, uh, a lot of it obviously geared to entrepreneurs and whatnot, uh, can, but just in general, uh, for people, entrepreneurs or non-entrepreneurs as well, uh, in addition to the stuff you've already mentioned, what, what life, life lessons have you uh, learned yourself or from others that you'd love to share with us? Yeah. You know, one of them is don't, um, don't neglect your health along the way. Um, I kind of got so obsessed with working that I uh, – kind of let my body go, ended up getting, you know, diabetes and some other health challenges. Oh, wow. And, you know, it's hard coming back from that versus just keeping it healthy to, to begin with. Hmm. And so, um, so I really want to encourage people a level of balance. You know, I don't think there is a, a you know, work-life balance per se necessarily, hmm. but, but there, you, you do need to make sure you're not neglecting other important areas of your, of your life. Um, and that's really key. Um, and so that's one of the reasons I have a health coach, you know, is, is to, you know, um, keep myself moving forward in my health journey. Wow. 
Uh, that's amazing, and thank you so much for that advice. You know, they say that that's one of the uh, commonalities of successful people is actually they exercise a lot. And yeah. um, so there is something to that. that. Shift. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, there's physical health benefits exercise, but there's also some uh, mental and psychological ones as well. Yeah. And I think exercise is so important. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, it's not easy, uh, particularly when you're working on a business and you may be working 12, 14-hour days, particularly in the beginning. Um, but I guess you have to make time for it. And you mentioned how health is so critical. You know, I always tell people that there's different types of wealth. There's money wealth, which we're all familiar with. There's time wealth. And then there's health wealth. I guess you can also mention throwing spiritual um, some yeah. people are rich uh, in one type of wealth or two, but maybe poor in another. Um, so you have to, <laughs> you want to be rich in all the different types of wealth. Um, and they're all equally as important and valuable, of course. Yeah. Um, something for people to keep in mind, um, not to neglect one wealth. Uh, just focus on, on, you know, one or two other types. So definitely thank you so much for that. And um, yeah. Uh, I'm curious. Now, obviously, you talked a lot about the library you have and, and whatnot. Um, what key book recommendations would you make for folks? Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, I, I happen to be a Christian, so I do like the Bible a lot. Um, but as far as um, the other books um, that I found really helpful is um, I read The Power of Focus by, uh, I think it's Jack Canfield, um, I can't uh, Victor, Mark Victor Hansen and Les Hewitt, I guess it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but that really taught me about, you know, um, really getting focused on things and just and prioritizing and things like that. Um, Psycho-Cybernetics is really good for me. Um, it really talks about how the brain works, how we learn, how we program our mind. Um, that's an older one. That's a 1960s uh, book, but it's still mm-hmm. powerful. Um, and then I like that new one by uh, Chris Voss, uh, Never Split the Difference. Yes. I think that's an awesome book on negotiation skills and, and being able to communicate. Wow. Thank you so much for that. Um, I have. Oh, in my uh, book. Don't forget my book. Yes, your book. <laughs> yes, please, please mention it, please. Um, can you talk to uh, us about your book? Yeah, it's called Growth Hacking, Strategically Grow Your Business Connections from Zero to 10,365 Days. It's basically my journey on LinkedIn, um, kind of figuring out ways to grow quicker and uh, finding uh, uh, ways to create opportunity and, and network with people and, and get uh, B2B business done. So, so that's kind of my, that's my book on, uh, it's on mostly on Amazon is where most people get it. So um, wonderful. Definitely. Well, I'm definitely going to be checking out growth hacking. Um, we'll be looking at that. I'm all about LinkedIn and I'm on there constantly. So yes, <laughs> I'm going to check that out. And uh, the Chris Voss book is amazing. Um, I have his video courses. They're great. And, Thanks. yeah, Psycho Cybernetics, going to check it out. And <laughs> The Power of Focus. Um, I'm familiar with um, uh, Mark Victor Hansen and Jack Canfield. They're the chicken soup for the soul guys, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> everyone knows that one. And, of course, the Bible, um, which I – I believe I'm familiar with. Um, so yes, uh, definitely. There's some great books in the Bible, like Proverbs um, and Ecclesiastics, yeah. right? Absolutely. Yes. 
So um, definitely, thank you so much for that. And obviously, you've written a book yourself, Growth Hacking. Would you? Are you going to ever write a book? Um, now, you apparently, I, when I was doing research on you, you've actually written several books. Um, but I'm I, guessing you were, you helped um, firms write books for themselves, yeah, right? Yeah, we. Um... Yeah, we do. We I, I do have a, a book I use just for you know my clients as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not you know publicly available, but um, I do have about three, three or four books in process right now that'll be coming out over the next uh, one to two years here. So, wow, that's amazing. So you're a, pro, a prolific author. That's a, that's great. Working working um, on it. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Um, and so definitely going to check out those books when they come out. Um, definitely um, keep me posted. Um, I, you know, I was reading a book about how writing a book can help you to network and promote yourself. So definitely um, want to do it. That's um, business card of the book. Yes. Yes, because people don't throw them out usually. So more people should realize that. So <laughs> I love that. The best business card is a book. I'm definitely going to seal that. So. Uh, just so you know, <laughs> and I'm curious now, would you ever, uh, if you haven't already create or start your own podcast? Yeah, I do have, uh, the rev it up podcast with Jeff Tiffany, yeah. uh, which is a revenue generation podcast. And, uh, I'm probably going to be doing a couple others for clients, uh, but, uh, not for myself, but yes, absolutely. Right. So, yeah, I definitely want to check out um, the Rev It Up podcast. I, I will be taking a look at, at that. I'm going to search for it on Spotify. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I will check that out. Uh, I think everyone should have a podcast. Um, I think uh, Seth Godin, he's like a marketing guru. He wrote oh, yeah. Purple Cow. Yeah, you're familiar with him. He he says everyone should have a podcast, and that podcasting is the new blogging. <laughs> so. Um, yeah. something to consider. So, yeah. Um, I again, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I, I actually started the podcast so I can uh, help me, so it could help me network and build relationships and start relationships by providing value. And, uh, I got the idea to do a podcast from books I, I read by Steve Gordon, um, amazing author. So, um, yeah, doing a podcast is great for, um, for build, for networking and, and for other reasons as well. Uh, so I wanted to uh, go ahead and thank you uh, for being a guest on this show. This conversation has been enlightening and uh, inspiring and educational, and we were able to get it under an hour. So that's amazing. <laughs> I've been having a lot of episodes that are two hours long, believe it or not, because uh, I like guest talk and, and I don't mind that. So, I'm glad uh, this is my third interview today, so I'm glad it was short. So Hello. thank you so much for that, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. <laughs> you would think you would think successful people understand the value of time, right? And but you know when they talk about themselves, they can go on and on and on. I don't know. That's you know, true. It's weird, very odd. So I'm wondering, do they have anything else to do? And they're just talking to me for two hours. Just crazy. Um, <laughs> It's the new clubhouse mentality. The, the longer you talk, you hang out on that app, uh, the more yeah. business you do. <laughs> oh, okay. It must be that. It must be that. Um, so, <laughs> so, 
So, um, uh, again, I want to thank you for being uh, a guest on the show. I'm honored to have you as a guest on the show. Um, I'd love to have you come back on at a later point um, and definitely want to check out the books, the book you already have out, Growth Hacking, and the other books when they come out in, the, in your podcast. I want to thank the audience uh, for listening um, and whatnot. Is there, do you want to leave us with any last word or final send-off? Or? Um, no, I can, I guess I mentioned where, where to find me or whatever and, uh, and let you guys uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Wonderful. Thank you so much for that. And um, thank you for coming on. Thank you to the audience. I'm going to be seeing you guys in the next episode. Um, everyone have a wonderful and uh, blessed day. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Hey, guys, before you go, just real quick, um, if you can just do me a favor, if you can head over uh, to the uh, Apple Podcasts app, and if you're not there already, and if you can leave me a five-star review, that would be great. Um, if you love the show, if you can just go ahead and do that, and that will help uh, to spread the word about the show, and other people can enjoy the show as much as you do. And so if you can do that, that would mean the world to me. And also, if you want to email me uh, with any feedback or any praise or support, um, please feel free to go ahead and do that. And you can also email me to request to be put on our email list. Uh, so uh, we can uh, send you out emails uh, when new episodes come out. So uh, thank you very much for being a fan of the show. Thank you for listening to the show and supporting the show. So if you can do that, go out and give us a, a five-star review on the Apple Podcast uh, app. Uh, that would be great. And if you can email us. So we can put you on the email list and email us with feedback and praise. That'd be amazing. Uh, thank you so much, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Take care. Bye-bye.